Holy shit. If you're not pumped up tonight, I got nothing for you. It is the night before the U.S. Open. It is the greatest tournament of the year. I will fight you on that. Don't don't make me do that. I will fight you. If you can't be pumped tonight, I got nothing for you. We got amazing contests. We have a tournament where donkeys, the donkey chalk is going to get punished. We have... Uh, uh, we got ranch water. I'm having some adult beverages, so I'm going to be like 152% tonight as opposed to just like 150%. Uh, I'm down 50 pounds for the year. That's a new update. Pretty excited about that. Amazing contest, huge money to win, huge giveaways, all kinds of stuff to be excited about. If you can't be pumped up tonight, I got nothing for you. I'm just telling you right now, if you got negative energy, you might just want to log off and go somewhere else. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you because I'm going to be bringing it really hard. Only positive energy in here. I'm about to go hard in the paint for like the next 60 or 70 minutes. It might be a little too much energy for you if you're feeling like, mm, I'm not feeling good. This is probably the show for you because we're going hard. So much to cover. I don't even know how I'm going to get through it in 70 minutes. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to try my damn best. I'm going to try my best. For all of you that don't know, I am the Degenerate 75. And I hope that's a shit ton of you that don't know who I am because I have a brand new YouTube channel. Well, it's not brand new. It's like five weeks old and it's been growing very, very quickly. For all of you that don't know, I am trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the Open Championship, which is like now that we're at the U.S. Open, is getting awkwardly close. My views are through the roof. The hours watching is through the roof. I truly appreciate all you guys. But getting to the 1,000 subscribers is making me a little bit nervous. And I have a huge bet with two buddies that I really don't want to have to pay off it's not even really about the money it's just listen to those fuckers be right and i ain't the mood for it so help a man get to a thousand subscribers i know a lot of you are watching this and you enjoy the content you're watching the whole thing yet yet you're not subscribed to my channel what are you doing just go make an account john smith 5268 no one's ever gonna know that's you unless your name's john smith then they might know it's you then maybe consider another name but you know what i mean right so what I need you to do is please, if you're watching this video and you like it, which you're going to stick with me for the next hour, I assume you do, go drop a like on it, right? Also, if you want to leave some cool comments, that's nice too. But also, I always forget to say this, go turn on some notifications for this. So every Wednesday you get that notification at 7 o'clock and it's time to go listen to the Degenerate 75 before you make your lineups. Also, go give me a follow on Twitter, Degenerate 75, you can't miss me. Uh, I just crossed 2,000 followers today on Twitter, which is insane, because I think Andy Lack had me on like six or seven weeks ago, and I had like a hundred and like a cool 180, right? So like the fact that I'm over 2,000 in that short time is crazy. I truly appreciate you guys. None of this is lost on me. I know how awesome it is. Uh, we are now in pod form also. If you're not the kind of guys like, man, I ain't trying to watch no YouTube. I'm an adult. Okay, okay. Okay, well then go check it out on Pod. We're now on uh, 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 Amazon Pod. Didn't even know it was a thing. My editor told me. We're definitely on Spotify and we're on Apple Pod. Uh, I've had over 50 of you go leave a five-star review. I truly appreciate that. I'm putting three names in the drawing for you tonight. And even if you don't win tonight, I'm just going to leave your name in there for forever until you do win a drawing because I really appreciate you taking the time to go do that. For any of the rest of you, go leave me a five-star review on Apple Pod so I can grow my podcast part of my game, and I'll give you three names for the drawing. If you don't know about my drawings, they're pretty sick. They're a lot better than like all the other people in this industry's drawing. I can promise you that. A little bit more on that later. And yes, we're having a big-ass drawing tonight. I already got the ones, uh, all the people that are in there, but I might even do a surprise drawing tonight just because, you know, I've had a little bit too much ranch water, and uh, I'm feeling i'm feeling kind of generous but i'm only going to do that if you're here so you better stay around be in the live stream to get that what else do we got so that's the giveaway it's coming at the end yeah you gotta sit here and watch it you can't just come and be like oh i did the drawing okay i'm out no we're not doing that stay around stick around 
Um, all right, for all of you that don't know, I have four winners. I did some winners on, uh, I had a guy sponsor part of the giveaway. Part of the giveaway got screwed up. I did a whole nother drawing. So I got four people who are doing a $100 Millie Maker ticket with me this week. We are been in the process of building it for the last three days. We're going to enter it into the $100 Millie Maker tomorrow. Um, it's, we're still polishing it up. We're not completely done. Uh, I feel like it's been awesome. I, I believe what Carmen and Ryan and Steve and Zach would all agree. It's been a really fun process to get to make a lineup with me. And I've, I've enjoyed making it with them. You know, what's going to be really cool. There's only 25,000 lineups in that hundred dollar Millie maker. Maybe me and one of those guys are going to be splitting a cool million dollars come Sunday, or maybe me and you will, depending on how this drawing goes at the end of the show. So that's awesome. Can't wait. I'll keep you posted on how those are doing on Twitter. I'll post them all in the morning. So you can share along with me and my guys. Uh, hopefully we can win some, uh, you know, life-changing money. That would be pretty amazing. Um, uh, other people that are here watching, I know all those guys are here watching because we agreed that we would like talk on the show and then we would like make our final picks. But I also know there's some top players in here. You know what? I know for a fact, at least seven of the top 100 PGA DFS players are watching this stream tonight. Like right now, I know they're in here. Okay. Now, am I saying that to brag? I mean, I guess a little bit, but really what I'm telling you is like, if that many, I'm, that's a minimum seven, there probably is more, but at least that many are watching. And you got to ask yourself, if that many top players are watching this fucker talk about PGA DFS the night before the best tournament of the year, I got to be doing something right. I got to be doing something right. So you should probably know that I am a high level DFS player for all of you that don't know. You'll kind of see how many entries I do, what contest I play in, all that stuff. But more than that, I tend to be pretty blunt and straightforward and some have even called entertaining. I don't know if I agree with that, but more, the most important thing I can give you is I'm a great teacher and I can teach you the things that you are doing uh, probably not the best or things you could be doing better to become a successful DFS player. And that's probably the biggest edge I have is being able to pass that on to other people and do it in a way that makes sense and is intuitive and can help you be successful at PGA DFS too. So uh, that is kind of my calling card. Uh, and, oh yeah, and we focus on showdown a lot here. Tonight is the week long, but we also do the showdown hoedown every Friday night and Saturday night. So definitely be back for that. But tonight we're focusing on week long, maybe a little round one showdown because, you know, Big Daddy might see an advantage there. So uh, excited uh, to have all of you new people here that, to those top players out there watching. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making my ego feel good that you would give an hour of your Wednesday night to me, even though you know all your shit. Um, and if you're wondering, hey, do the top guys get to be in the drawing too? No, they definitely don't get to be in the drawing. So quit asking Alex K. I'm kidding. He's rich. You, just, you don't want to be in the drawing. Uh, all right. I think we got to get to the, we got to get to the question that you all want to know, right? And it is, uh, uh, what, de, hey, Degenerate75, are you going to talk about Faden Rory on round four showdown Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I am. So for all of you that don't know, Saturday night, I did my round four preview for the showdown hoedown, and I said, Rory McElroy is a loser, and don't play him. Thank me later. Actually, I if you really want to rewind the tape, I said, I think he's a loser. I'm not going to play him. What I specifically said was take those top four guys and pick the one that you are most convinced is going to do well. For me, it was definitely not Finau or Rory because, you know, they're both fucking losers. And, uh, you know, I watched Rory go out there and play like a god. And you know what my stance is? He's still a loser. He's still a loser. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Did I lose my ass Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did four lineups in the 555, and I had some really nice plays. I had Burns and Rye and Smotherman and all my lineups, and they all did really well. But I had no Rory. I had no Thomas. I had no Finau. I had no Rose. So I had no chance. And so I lost. So, you know, like, yeah, I lost, what, four times 555, like 2200 bucks. That's okay. Because when I play a GPP, 
I am playing for first place or dead fucking last. Nowhere in between. So for all of you that played Rory, they're like, I played Rory and Degenerate 75 didn't. What an idiot. Let me ask you something. Did you line up cash? Did you min cash? Did your $15 turn into 25? Very good. That's that's great. Because what I would remind you is even though you played Rory and he was a smash play and you didn't do anything wrong by playing him, you played him with like 40,000 other people. So like even when you hit that one guy right, you still got to go beat the, you still got to have the other five guys right because you're sharing Rory with like 8,000 people. So how far did it get you? Did you get your main cash? Do you feel good? Because I got to tell you, I've been doing Saturday or excuse me, Sunday round four showdown for five weeks now. And for five weeks, I said, do not play the leader going into round four. And for four of those five weeks, it worked. So if the leader averages a 52% ownership going into the final round, and I told you 80% of the time they're going to suck. What an advantage, right? That you like, like 80% of the time, 50% of the people are automatically going to disqualify themselves for being idiots and playing that guy. So did I play Rory? No. Was that a bad play Sunday? Yes. Do I regret it? Not for a fucking second. If you don't understand that, you'll probably never win a GPP. I have finished first or second in a GPP over the last four years, at least, at least a dozen times. I counted it up once. It was a dozen, but that was a while back. And I've had a lot of top two finishes this year. So it's, I don't know, 12 to 15 times I've finished first or second in GPP. And the only way you can do that is making ballsy plays and fading Fading donkey chalk, which anytime somebody's 55%, even Rory the God himself, that's stupid. You should not play it. And making the right pivots. Not playing some random asshole, but making correct, smart pivots. And we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. So, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm okay taking those losses. Did I totally get my ass on Sunday? Yes, I do. Did I regret anything? No, I don't. And once you start playing GPPs with that mindset, then you'll really start to win them. Uh, if all of that was over your head, I'm sorry. Hang around. Come around more often. I'll explain them more to you. So, there. That's my Rory spiel. Fuck Rory. He's still a loser. I'm playing 100% of him just, just to destroy his career. That's how I roll. That's what I'm going to do to him. All right. Uh, I saw on Twitter this week. This is just a random point I have to hit on. Give me 30 seconds. I'm all over the place tonight. But, like, uh, I, I, this is really relevant tonight. Spending all your salary. Should you spend all of your salary when making your lineups? And I hear all the time, you, only idiots use all 50K, right? You know, you know they'll be clever and leave 49.9 because, you know, they're noobs. Let me tell you something. I literally spend all of my salary in 99% of my lineups. And the 1% that I don't, I spend 49.9. You want to know why? It's very, very simple. This is the simplest answer ever. Because better players cost more. First of all, just talk about where that whole concept of like, oh, I should leave money on the table came from, right? Because I want to be different and I got to be different. I'll leave money on the table. That, okay, first of all, that only ever started because people are chalk donkeys and they're going to go start their lineups with Rory, Xander, and M, right? And so they've, they're already like playing the exact same lineup as like 58,000 other people. That's so dumb to start a lineup that way. So now they're like, I got to leave money on the table so I'm different. That's not how you get different. Here's what I do every week. I go look at the 10 most projected highest owned guys and almost without exception i throw out at least eight of them so i'm only playing maybe two of the 10 most chalky guys the two that i really like or that i think are justify that ownership and once you do that once you throw out eight of those top 10 guys you never have to think about ownership again i've never had a lineup duped in my life because i'm not playing all the all the donkey chalk and so now whenever i'm making my lineup and my last guy in is let's say i don't know billy horschel I put him in for 8600 and I got to put him in, I got to leave $500 on the table because my lineup's a little chalky. Okay, so you left $500 on the table and Billy Ho was the last guy you stuck in your lineup. You do realize, you do realize that you could have put Shane Lowry in that lineup, right? You could have, with that extra $500, you could have got all the way up to Hideki Matsuyama. You do realize this, right? 
yet you're going to play Billy Horschel? Even though those other guys are objectively better golfers than him and objectively better plays this week, and you're going to leave money on the table and play an inferior play simply just to be different? That's so stupid. That is so stupid. You wouldn't have to do that if you would just get off the donkey chalk in other places. So yes, you should use all your salary because here's a here's a newsflash for you. Better players cost more. And when they cost more, like, you know, like they're going to be better plays most often. And you want to get up to those guys as often as you can. So leaving $500 or $800 on the table in week long, is just stupid when you can objectively get better plays. So please don't do that. And if you're like, but I got to be different. I want my lineup to be duped. Okay. If you don't want your lineup to be duped, don't play Xander, Rory, and M. There you go. I've already helped you. It won't get duped. You're welcome. All right. Okay. I digress. Hold on. I need to drink a ranch water. Drink a ranch water. Forgive me. I'm getting, I'm getting fired up tonight. It's a little early to be this fired. It's only 713. Hold on. By the way, normally we're brought to you by Topa Chico. Not tonight. We're brought to you by ranch water, which is a little misleading because it's just Topa Chico and tequila. So I guess we're still brought to you by Topa Chico. Hit me up for a sponsorship, guys. Okay. Moving on. Let's get to some bankroll management. That's going to, I'm starting to do like these little five, 10 minute, uh, 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 pieces every week for the uh, stream. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, I want to get them in there and I got a big audience tonight. So I want to talk about it. So of course I can't find what I need. Here it is. Bankroll management. Let me bring this over here. Hopefully you guys can all see this. So bankroll management. First of all, you need to understand about bankroll management is like, I, yes, I play a large amount of money. Like today, this week you'll see, I'm probably going to play in week. Well, stupid DraftKings just sent out that offer being like, Ooh, go put these in the 888 and the 55 and you can have all this extra money. So now I'll probably play more than I was planning on because you know, I am a bit of a degenerate. Some have even said it's in my name. So bankroll management, which by the way, I am going to, once I get to a thousand subscribers, I'm going to do three specific shows about like helping people with this stuff and breaking it down way more in depth. This is a quick five minute overview about bankroll management. When I do play tournaments, I'm only playing tournaments that I think I have a plus EV uh, uh, play in, that EV, uh, expected value, right? If I'm playing a tournament where I have a negative EV, I don't really play it unless like I just have a bank load of, a bank load of money because I won some GBP the week before. And that's just me being a donkey. A great example is this week. There is the 4444 for the millionaire maker. For all of you who don't know, that's $4,444 and you can enter in it. And I could go put a lineup in that. Do I have enough money to play in that? Yes, I do. Am I going to? No. And here's why. Because in that tournament, it is so skewed up high that even if I made a lineup that finished about in the 98th percentile, finished, uh, what, 27th place, it would only pay me back $8,000 on my 4444s. I wouldn't even double my money for a lineup that finished in the 98th percentile. That is a huge negative EV. So what I am doing when I'm really trying to manage my bankroll and make sure that I am getting in contests and in structures that are plus EV moves for me is I am focusing on specific contests. If you don't know, I'm a real big proponent of contest selection. That is the, the, the single most important thing you can do to preserve and grow your bankroll. And so what kind of tournaments am I playing in and why am I playing in them and how do they manage, help me manage my bankroll? Well, let's answer that question, right? The number one thing that I'm going to play in is single entry and three maxes. So like, what are some of the tournaments I'm playing in this week? Well, I have them all listed here. I don't know if you can see on my screen, but I'm like, I'm going to play in the 555, the single entry. I'm going to play in the three $200 single entries, the three max 150, uh, the two $100 single entries, uh, the three max 75 tournaments like that. Now the question is what makes this so much better than the other ones? Well, first of all, um, why am I not playing in the 888? We'll answer that question. 
For all of you who don't know, the 888, that's the snowman contest. That's the one that a lot of the big ballers like to play in. They can enter up to, let's just, you know, let's just use Mock Lovin. He's the number one player. He can go put 31 lineups in that. That's the max number of contests you can enter in that. I, based on how much I want to play this week, would only play three or four lineups in the 888. So do I want to go play Mock Lovin, who is, I think, pretty agreed upon the best DFS player in the world? Do I want to take on his 31 lineups with my three or four lineups? That doesn't sound like a very plus EV move on my part, right? He has a huge, ginormous advantage that he can make so many more lineups with me and mix and match his player pool that he is going to have so much more leverage on me. It just doesn't make sense to take him on in that. So in a single entry, I don't have to worry about that. Mr. McLovin can only make one 555, just like I can only make 155. So in a sense, it's almost like he has no edge, right? Like I, I, I feel confident I can pick golf lineups just as well as he can. But can I make as many as him? But that doesn't matter in a three max or a single entry. This is why I love to play in these because I don't get out. I don't just get swallowed up by the large number that, you know, probably the top 20 guys can play. So that's one huge reason. Another reason that I love single single entry and three maxes is ownership concentrates. I hope that makes sense to you, right? So people know that, oh, I only get to make this one lineup. I've got to get all my favorite players in there. I got to get Rory and I got to get Xander and I got to get Fitz. And they're going to put all the chalkiest guys in there because they only get one lineup and they want to make sure that they get all their favorite plays in there. And this is where I love to use the game to my advantage because a lot of you are making lineups i'm playing a game i'm playing a game called dfs i have no loyalty to any player i have no loyalty to anything other than just trying to win the game and so what i do is i go in there and i take my player pool i'll probably have 16 to 20 players this week and i'm gonna look at who are the guys that i like obviously i like them if they're in my player pool right who are the guys I like this week that are going to be the lowest owned in my player pool? And that's the ones I like to put in those single entries because let's just take somebody, I don't know, uh, who's, who's somebody that I'm, uh, Francesco Molinari. He'll probably be like 6 or 7% owned in the main contest this week, the millionaire maker and stuff like that. But when you switch that over to single entry, he'll probably be like 2% owned because people aren't going to use their one precious lineup to get Francesco Molinari in there. That just makes no sense. They're not going to do that. So you can use that to your advantage to chase that expected value and get that leverage on the field that you could never get in a full-scale 50,000-person millionaire maker or the $55 or whatever contest you may be thinking of. This is why I like to attack these contests. Same with the three match ownership gets concentrated Roy will probably be I don't know 25% the millionaire maker he'll be 35% in most single entries so am I going to play Rory in the single entries fuck no why because like I'm getting that much more leverage to not play him so this is this is the kind of contest I select Whenever I'm picking these, a lot of you are like, hey, I thought you were so aggressive. If you're so aggressive, why are you just playing those wiener single entry and three maxes? I hope you've seen the movie Rounders. Have you seen the movie Rounders? Okay. If you haven't, you probably should. You'll get a lot more of my references. But it's like when Mike McDee's talking to the professor and he's explaining to him what your style has to be. You have to be tight but aggressive. What the fuck does that mean? Tight but aggressive. Well, tight means that I'm really tight in the contest I select and the ones that I think I have an advantage in and the ones that I pick to choose to play. But I'm super aggressive once I get into those tournaments by picking guys of my player pool that are going to be the lowest owned. Pick those nice pivots. Instead of Rory, let's go play Cam Smith. Something like that. That is where I'm aggressive. So I'm aggressive in the way that I construct my lineups, but I am tight in the way that I choose the contest I play in. Uh, did I just completely relate to my DFS life to rounders? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Was it spot on? <clears throat> I'd say so. I thought it was pretty damn good. 
Last thing I want to talk about is bankroll management. You can kind of see here, I haven't decided which route I want to go tomorrow. At first, I was thinking about just building 20 lineups. And you can see I was going to put them in each of the big contests here and then go put them in a myriad of other small contests, put them all in the 55, all in the $5 and kind of sprinkle them. And then you kind of have an idea of how much each of those lineups are worth. But now that I'm kind of thinking there might be a wind advantage, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe uh, instead doing it this way and just playing a kind of a larger number, probably 50 lineups instead of just the 20. And I just want to talk to you guys just 30 seconds because this is, this is something that some people get. If you're really trying to track your ownership exposure, right, not all lineups are created equal. Unless you're just playing like 100 lineups in the Millionaire Maker or something like that where everything's the same value, some lineups are worth more, right? So when I am making my lineups and I have my 555 here, what I do is I take player one. I'm not going to tell you my player pool. If you want to know my picks, you ain't going to find them out. And I go pick my six players and then I go over here. And I see, okay, now of the $4,500, see I'm playing $4,500 in lineups. This lineup is worth $555. Of those $555, they are now in 12% of my lineup. So even though that's only one of my 50 lineups, it's so much heavier weighted because it costs more to be in that tournament that now they're actually in 12%. So when I say double your exposure, like say you really want to play, I don't know, Sam Burns this week, right? And he's 20%. So you're like, I got to get Sam Burns in 40% of my lineups. We don't have to have him in 40% of your actual lineups. You need to have him in 40% of your money, right? So like, let's say player one is Sam Burns and you just keep putting him in all your expensive lineups. He'll get to 40% pretty quick, right? So I hope that makes sense. I, I get a lot of questions about player exposure. It doesn't need to just simply be, I'm playing a hundred lineups. He's in 40 of those. That's 40%. I mean, that works if all your lineups cost the exact same. But as you can see from my page, I'm playing a myriad of different values. And so somebody being in my 555 lineup and somebody being in my $15 Pat Mayo lineup, that's not the same weight. And it shouldn't be considered the same weight when you're coming up with how to balance your um, exposure. So there you go. That's it. That, that, that's that. Um, so anyways, you can kind of see how much I'm playing this week. I'm probably going to play somewhere between four or $5,000 in lineups. Um, I'm sticking almost exclusively to single entry and three maxes. Um, as I've told you guys, I'm getting, I, it's just, I just win a lot more at showdown than I do at week long. So I'm really trying to shift right now about 50, 50 and how much I play week long and how much I play showdown, uh, kind of shifting there. Um, so that's what we're looking at this week. Uh, and I'm also playing in that $2,000 tournament. Uh, if you didn't see DraftKings sent out that thing to their VIPs saying that uh, you can uh, be in it, it's $2,000, it goes the next five weeks. I did get permission from my host to share that link. And last I saw, it's not filling up. So if you want to DM me tonight, you really want to be in that, shoot me a DM, I'll send you the link. You can get in there. It's really cool. It's $2,000. It's a cumulative total over the next five weeks. And in that time, uh, there's no there's no rake, and it's a cumulative score, and you get to play against all the best players in DFS. If I win, you think I'm going to talk shit? Uh, yeah. If I don't win, you think I'm going to talk shit? Yeah. That's just kind of how I roll. I talk a lot of shit. You should know this about me. So once again, just send me a DM. I'll share that link with you. No problem. Last I saw, there's only like 60 out of 200 in there. Rake-free money, you know, I don't. if it's rake-free, I don't care if I'm playing against like God himself. I'm still in there. I'll tell you, I'd be God at least 58% of the time. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, contest selection. This is another fun one. First of all, let's talk about overlays. Do you know what overlays are? Because I told you last week, wake up, wake your ass up Thursday morning, get in there and go look for overlays. And I got a lot of messages being like, bro, I got in such good overlays. First of all, have your lineups ready because those overlays, you really don't want to be entering until about three minutes before lineups lock because those things fill up quick. We're not the only sharks in there. What you want to do is already have your lineups ready so you can just go click on the contest and just hit enter, 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 and get it in there. What I really encourage you to do 
first is go have a nice cash style lineup, just a nice safe lineup with six guys that you feel fairly comfortable with and have it ready because the ones that you find the best overlays on are those double ups, those multipliers, those satellites, and those 50-50s. I mean, I literally played in a 50-50 last week where 80% of the field got doubled up, right? Because they guaranteed it, right? They're like, we guaranteed this much money, but there was like, it was only like 60% of it filled up. So 80% of people doubled up. I had a four of six. It was a garbage lineup. Easy cash, easy double up. So go look for those because if there's overlays and double ups, a lot of times if you just have one solid lineup, it's almost like free money. Am I pissing some people off by telling you this right now? Yeah. Yeah, I am, and I don't give a shit. Also, be looking satellites. I see some really good satellites, especially for that Fantasy Golf World Championship. Ooh, I think there's going to be some overlays. Am I going to spend too much money tomorrow morning? Yeah, I am, but I'm already budgeting that, right? Like, part of the reason I'm only doing between four or $5,000 in lineups is I am purposely setting aside a large chunk of money tomorrow morning for all the overlays I see so I can go in there, smash those lineups, and still be comfortable with how much money I'm playing this week. Right? I'm not like filthy rich. I'm not like, oh, you know, like I don't, I don't play for the thrill of fucking victory. I'm trying to feed my kids here. Um, that, that, that was kind of from rounders. So, you know, like I'm very cognizant of every dollar I put in here and I'm only doing it when there's plus EV moves and there's no plus EV move better than playing in overlays. I mean, not only do you not have to play the DK rake, but they're giving you free money on top of that. So always go look at those overlays. Contest selection tomorrow. Here's that $15. You see the $15 millionaire maker? What I want you to do, instead of putting your lineup in that, I want you to, I want you to send me five bucks, Venmo me five bucks, I will find you, kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it even. Don't play in it. It's so stupid. I know I want to win a million bucks. You're not going to win a million bucks. And what you're going to do is you're just going to burn through your bankroll because that is the most negative EV play you can ever do. Expected value. You want high expected value, not negative. Negative is you lose your money. The 44-44, I got to imagine, most of you ain't playing in that, so we're not even going to talk about it. This $100, yeah, I'm playing in it, but only for the giveaway. No personal lineups are going there because it's a terrible structure. Look at that, 44.4% of all the money goes to one person. What a terrible layout. The kind of things you want to focus on is you want to go down here. They're not really on my screen right now because I've, ooh, they put a new one up. Uh, is the you know the single entries really focused? The great tournaments are the thirty-three dollar single entry, the twenty, the twelve dollar single entry, the five dollar single entry, the hundred dollar single entries. That's the money contest you want to be playing in. And then tomorrow morning, you want to be up and you want to be looking at round one showdown for overlays, and you want to be looking at uh, satellites and. Con- I always do this from my phone, so it's oh here we go. Uh, it's so weird to be on the computer and do this. By the way, don't con- I had somebody comment on all my crowns like, oh my God, you can buy that much with crowns? You don't talk about my crowns. I used to have over a million of them and I accidentally spent like 50000 entering a lineup last minute before tournament started. And I said, hey, DK, can I, can I please switch those? I want my crowns back instead of like the money. And they said, nope, you spent them, they're gone. And so I went on tilt the next day and spent like a million dollars in crowns. And so it's kind of a soft spot for me. I've only built it back up to like a couple hundred thousand. So don't talk about my crowns. Very, very sensitive issue for me. Um, be looking at these in the morning, be up, get your lazy ass up, be looking for this, save part of your bankroll. Don't be like, I don't want to play anymore. Well then go cancel some of the lineups you have and get in these because these overlays are way more valuable to you than the lineups that are the, the tournaments you're already committed to. Okay. That's contest selection. Be tight with the tournaments you select. Once you get into those tournaments, you be aggressive, tight, but aggressive professor. That's your game. Okay. Stick to single act, single entry, three maxes as much as you can take contests that never give more than 20% to first place. Uh, the $55 that they're doing the big one tomorrow. Uh, I kind of like it because it's only what shit. Where's it at? Total prizes. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Forgive me. I'm not used to doing this $55. Where are you at? 
Only 20% of it's going to first place. That's probably, oh, there it is, boom. So $250,000 prize pool, 50,000 to first. I like that, because that means that it's gonna be a lot more spaced out. Yes, it drops pretty quick from second to third, but I also like that like, you know, it's it, it pays out a lot of positions. It pays out over 20%. So am I gonna play way too many lineups in that $55? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, so there's that. Uh, lineups the last two years, this is for all of you don't know. Hey, hey, Degenerate 75, why do you love the US Open so much? Oh, let me tell you a quick story. So 2016 was the first year I started playing PGA DFS even somewhat competitively. And I'll never forget, uh, it was 2016 in Oakmont. I had Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, Paul Casey, Brennan Grace, Brooks Kepka. I had this amazing lineup. And everybody was like in the top 10 except Kepka. And he goes off Sunday morning and it's just birdie, 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 eagle. And at the US Open, when you're reckoning up birdies and eagles, they're like times two because no one's scoring, right? And I remember I was 29th in the Millionaire Maker that Sunday morning uh, with more holes left than anybody in the top 28. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to win a million dollars. I cannot believe this. Um, and then Lee Westwood remembered, oh, shit, I'm in second place, but I'm Lee Westwood. I need to go shoot a 107 today. And you got to give it up to Lee. Lee went out and shot a 107. Kudos to him. And so uh, because of that, I don't know, I ended up making a little bit of money. But I have won every single year at the U.S. Open. Fast forward to last year. It was looking like it was going to be kind of just a ho-hum you know, year. One of my better lineups was a nice five of six, but freaking Terrell Hatton shot like a 79 on Friday and missed the cut. Um, but you know what? The U.S. Open is so brutal that sometimes a nice little five out of six, boom. I hope you can see that. We'll still get you a Fantasy Golf World Championship ticket. I really didn't even know what the Fantasy Golf World Championship was this time last year. Uh, DK sent me 100 free bucks. So I was like, hey, all the tournaments are full. I want to play and I'll go throw two $44 tickets into this uh, this uh, tournament that I see. I didn't even know what it was. And I ended up winning the mother father. And then I, if you don't know, Fantasy Golf World Championship, it's the top 250. There's 250 tickets and you got to qualify down to the top 40. I made the live final. I went to the live final out in Jersey City. Most badass thing ever. Got to meet tons of top players in this industry. And I ended up finishing 16th. So, like, am I a badass? I mean, I, yeah, I'd say so. And you're like, well, okay, well, that's pretty cool that you made the Fantasy Golf World Championship, but anything else? Well, don't forget, this is the Showdown Hoedown, so you would expect that I'm pretty good at Showdown, right? Well, two U.S. Opens ago, that was the one played in, like, what, September, October because of the stupid pandemic. Um, there was a little thing called Sunday Showdown, and I might have done okay at that one, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I shipped that shit because everybody's like, you got to play Matthew Wolf. He is leading by three strokes. Okay, idiots, you go play Matthew Wolf. I won't play, and now I have all the monies, and you don't. Okay, I'm going to go play. Oh, look at this. You got you to love the old Will Zalatoris back then. That was back when he was a nobody. Sung J.M.? Look at that. Sung Jay won me all that money two years ago at 4%. And this year he's going to win me all the money being 26% when he misses the cut. So uh, do I do well at the U.S. Open? Yes. Is that why it's my favorite contest? Probably. Probably. Probably why. Um, I would tell you, try to save some of your money for showdown. There's just a bigger edge in showdown than there is in week long. You've got to consider that. And so let's get to where this whole show begins with all that stuff to why most of you are here. Have you made your lineup yet? Have you, I'm talking to you right now. Look at me. Look at look me in the eye. Did you make your lineup? You made your lineups already, haven't you? You shouldn't have. For all of you that are new, you don't ever make your lineups until you watch this stream on Wednesday night. Because I'm going to ask you some hard questions, some questions that you might not want to answer. Some questions are going to make you feel a little iffy about your lineups. Do you have all the most up-to-date information? Did you hear the rumors about Spieth? Did you hear the rumors about the wind? Did you hear the rumors about the weather? Did you hear about Brooks Kepka? Did you hear about all this stuff? Because you've already made all your lineups and you're committed to them and you're ready to go. You got everything, nice little bow on it. You're ready to go for tomorrow and you shouldn't be. You should just be starting your process right now because you don't have all the most accurate, up-to-date information. And that's what I'm here for. 
So don't make your lineups. Have you done your research? I hope so. Do you have some guys that you like? I hope so. Do you have some pivots that you're interested in? I hope so. But have you made your lineups? Because you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. Okay. So the first thing you always want to look at is wind. I got to tell you, when I first clicked this last night, I was so excited. I saw Thursday morning was super mild with Thursday afternoon getting really windy. And then it was the exact opposite. And now that I look and it just updated, it kind of looks that way again. I'm telling you guys, first of all, I heard, I heard some big names in the industry talking about weather this week. And they're like, well, I do not play weather because uh, people get that wrong all the time. Okay, literally once, fucker, I've ever gotten the weather wrong. And that was the player's championship before any of y'all knew me. So it's not like it affected you. And that was only because of stupid storms rolling in. This wind for this tournament is fail-proof because there's no storms. The only storms that could roll in would be Friday afternoon. And if they roll in Friday afternoon, that's probably even better because now my guys get to go out Saturday morning when it's super soft and nice conditions and get to finish their second round. So I'm not worried about this weather stack flipping the wrong direction on me because no one knows the wind. Like, this, like they're talking like this is like, you know, the Bahamas and like they get random, random tropical storms all the time. This ain't crazy. This is freaking outside of Boston. This is not, they don't have crazy random weather like this. So... I feel pretty good about these projections. We're adults. We're going to check more than one site and we're going to see what we get here. So what am I seeing? Well, first of all, we always know mornings play easier than afternoons. That's just always the case. So tomorrow, the morning wave, if this holds up right here, this projection that we're looking at right here holds up, it will play at least three quarters of a shot easier tomorrow morning than it will in the afternoon. You're like, well, three quarters of a shot. That's not even a full shot. I know how to do fractions. Okay, idiot. Three quarters of a shot times six players literally would probably come out to the time you factor in them either getting an extra birdie or one less bogey or three quarters of a less bogey, not to mention the extra position points they'll be in. You're talking probably about a four to five point difference in DK points per player from the morning wave versus the afternoon wave. So that right there should tell you round one showdown tomorrow. If you play anybody that's not in the morning, shame on you. You're just giving away money because like, they're going to be in much better scoring conditions. And you say, well, it'll all even out Friday. Okay, okay, maybe it will. Let's go look. So Friday morning is going to be easier, right? So the guys that went out got the shitty afternoon on Thursday. They're going to get the easy conditions Friday morning. Well, what I'm seeing is gusty as fuck, and it's not going to be easy. Matter of fact, it's the gustiest Friday morning. Even though they'll have softer conditions, it's going to be super gusty, and it just gets lighter and lighter and lighter during the day. So those guys that go out Thursday morning are then going to get the softest conditions Friday. I don't see how I'm not going to do an all AM PM stack. Am I telling you to do that? No, I'm not telling you to do that. I don't give a shit what you do. You play whoever you want. I'm telling you what I'm seeing and how my brain works. You make your own decisions. I'm just asking questions. Perfect example. Let's say that I like John Rom and Scotty Scheffler the exact same. God, I, t- I don't want to play them both. I want to pick one or the other. If you don't look at this win, I, I objectively think Scotty Scheffler is a better golfer than John Rom. I think in an equal world, Scotty Scheffler is a better play than John Rahm this week. I truly believe that. But when I look at this weather, and if I see this, I'm going to be refreshing this all the way till midnight tonight before I make my lineups. If this holds up, I will play John Rahm over Scotty Scheffler. I will. I really will. Because, like, I see see a full three quarters of a shot Thursday, and I see probably at least a quarter to a half a shot difference on Friday. And that's going to equal at least one to 1.5 difference in shot differential. And when you have that for an entire wave, that is a huge, huge difference. And I know if you're like, but I put Scotty Scheffler in my model and I love him. I love Scotty Scheffler too. But at the end of the day, we're not married to any of these mother fathers. They're just pawns in our game and we're using them to the best of our advantage. There's so few things in PGA that are controllable. This is why it's such a high variable sport that so many pros hate to play because they can't just predict it. 
If you play NBA DFS, you'll know that imagine if I told you there was a guy that nobody knows about that's going to get 28 minutes tonight. No one's going to play him. I'm the only one that knows he's getting 28 minutes tonight. You wouldn't play that guy. You'd be so excited to play 28 minutes. Now, just because he's playing 28 minutes doesn't mean that he's going to go out and score tons of points and make it worth your while. But getting 28 minutes puts him in such a better position to do that. And that's what we're doing here with the weather. I'm not promising that John Rahm is going to go out and score Scotty Scheffler. Matter of fact, even with this wind, I would still say it's 50-50. I'm just saying that this does give him a clear edge, at least the way I'm seeing it. If this right here, what we're looking at, this holds up, I see at least a 1 to 1.5 uh, shot difference. And if you don't know how much that is, just go factor in what an extra four points per player over a six-person lineup will do to you. That's an extra 24 points, not to mention the extra placement points you're going to be getting. It's just a you know astronomical difference. And you're like, well, JT got the bad draw at the PGA Championship, and he won. Yes, I'm not saying the winner won't come from the bad wave. I'm just saying... I am just picking, I'm just playing a game. And that game is built around trying to give my best, my, myself the best statistical advantage to do it. And if I see that this, this weather advantage is there, I'm, I'll go all in on it. Am I telling you to do that? No, but I would think you should at least use it as a tiebreaker. Okay, that is, that is the wind. And by the way, we're adults here. Don't just take my word on this one. Let's go check uh, Willie Weather. Let's see what Willie Weather's saying. Willie Weather has it, the same thing on Thursday. Super, super soft in the morning, picks up in the afternoon, and then they have it very, you know, pretty moderate in the afternoon, but they don't have it really dying down in the afternoon. So if that's the case, I would imagine Friday would probably be pretty even or maybe even a little advantage to them. And then, of course, you can always go check Weather Channel because some people have said that they do weather. Uh, let's see, they have it pretty gusty. Yeah, they have it. Now they have it gustier in the morning on Friday and dying down a little bit in the afternoon. So two of the three seem to agree that it is going to be a little gustier, a little windier Friday morning, and then it's going to die down. You do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to give you picks. I'm telling you how I'm thinking. If it backfires, you're like, I played all the AMPM guys because you told me to. I didn't tell you to do shit. Just like I didn't tell you to play Rory. So if you played him, or I didn't say to fade Rory. If you played, if you played him, that's on you. <sighs> Spieth. Have we heard about Spieth yet? All right. For all of you that haven't heard, Spieth left the driving range today. I'm getting a little parched. It's time for some uh, ranch water. Damn. All over my new thing. Okay. Uh, Spieth left the driving range today. It appeared to be some type of stomach illness. Uh, I believe Colt Nose reported it. And when I hear I, I'm gonna, I'll be honest. I really like Spieth this week. I was all on the Jordan Spieth. He was in the better wave. I like how his off the tee has been improving. I think he's a scrappy gamer that, like, won't quit. Like, he kind of checked every box I want. And then when I heard this news, I was like, fuck! Now, Spieth is sick. He might withdraw, but he's not going to withdraw. I've heard he plans on playing tomorrow. And then I started thinking, hey, this is a blessing in disguise. Now, this will get some ownership off of Spieth because people will hear this whole rumor, oh, Spieth is sick. They'll just all move to Xander now, right? It's just the easiest pivot ever. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Let's not overthink this. Colt Nost is in our little bubble. Okay, there's going to be so many new people into DFS PGA Golf this week that don't know who the hell Colt Nost is, don't care about his updates, and aren't hanging on every word like we are. So is Spieth's ownership going to go down because of these rumors? Yes, but it'll just be from the DGENs like me and you. So I'm thinking literally I had him at about 16%. I think at most you'll see him drop to 13 or 14%. <sighs> Am I going to still play him? Probably. I actually kind of like this whole sick thing. Come on. Be real with me. Think of any professional golfer out there that has that MJ in them, right? You know, the flu game, MJ, where he's like having to be carried off the court by Scotty, like uh, Pippen. Yeah. Who's the one golfer you can see doing that? Tell me you can't see. 
Tell me you don't see Jordan Spieth right there, right? Rolling in that, oh, I got this bug and I just rolled in a 50-foot eagle on 18, right? Like, that's just so speed. And so it's not getting me. You ain't going to scare me, bro. It's like hearing that Morikawa was having to hit a draw instead of a fan. I don't give a shit. Don't, don't try to tell me that stuff to get me off Morikawa. I'm not playing Morikawa because he's a delicate little flower. Not because of some stupid news story, but he has to hit a draw instead of a fade. Uh, so there's your, there's your Spieth rumor. Do with it what you will. I'm not getting scared off. Might I wake up tomorrow and 30% of my lineups be dead? Yeah, yeah, but I'm telling you, I play for first or last. Tight but aggressive, Professor. That's your game. We've talked about weather. All right, you ready for it? You ready? This is the most important thing. I imagine it's got to be the number one thing you're here. I'm really good at ownership. Uh, I've done a whole expose on why other people suck at ownership. I am particularly good at it. I look at a lot of sources, and I know a lot of you probably want to see this. Here is my best guess. Did I do it for every single player tomorrow? No, I didn't. Because, you know, like, <laughs> fucking take forever. And I don't get paid to do this. I mean, other than you giving me a subscribe, which I know you've done, right? And go like this video. And don't forget to leave a comment. We're doing Q&A after all of this. Who is going to be the most highest owned? Well, I put the top 12. And I didn't just choose 12 like some random number I pulled out of my ass. I chose 12 because I got a challenge for you this week. For all of you that really want to become successful DFS players and really want to play the game and not pick players. And if you don't understand that, you're not ready to play the game. See those 12 guys right there? Those are the 12 guys that I have ranked at who will be the highest owned and in order of how much I think they'll be owned. And I put their salary on there in case, like, you know, I don't know, you're stupid. So I challenge you, do this for me. Really try it. Don't put any more than three of those guys in your player pool this week. You know, I don't know how many lineups you're doing, but no matter how many lineups you're doing, really try to only put three of those guys in your player pool this week. And when you do that, here's some things you're going to find. Well, first of all, the most important thing is this is the U.S. Open and chalk gets fucked up at the U.S. Open. It gets fucked up. This is, oh, that's, I think that's why I love it so much. I love watching chalk donkeys just burn at the U.S. Open. Oh, God, I live for it. Uh, Sung JM, when I see Sung JM is seven over through six tomorrow, I'm going to be dancing on people's graves. So that's one reason to just not play the chalk tomorrow. Yes, you'll have some guys that are going to shit the bed tomorrow, but hopefully they're 3% owned. And so it won't really matter, right? But when Sungjae or Rory misses the cut, now we're really rolling, right? I don't care which of these three you choose. Maybe you only want to do two if you're really, really ballsy. But I want you to choose some, and then I want you, I want you to choose your three, and then go make the rest of your players. Pick whoever you want after that, because just avoiding nine of these top 12 players, you won't ever have to worry about, is my uh, lineup too chalky? No, it's not. It's not too chalky because you've already faded nine of the top 12 guys. You won't have to worry about what your total ownership for your lineup is. That's just some bullshit that chalk donkeys made up because they play too much chalk. You'll never have to think about that if you're fading nine of the 12 chalkiest guys. Obviously, fading M is a lot ballsier than fading Rom or Riley because you can see I have him at almost twice the ownership. 28% in a contest is ridiculous. And here's why I have M at 28%, other than the fact that everybody's talked him up this week. And, a, and by the way, all of these numbers and single entry, three max, and high limit, and I consider high limit anything over $100, you can basically go add three to five points to all these percentages because uh, chalk only gets concentrated and more exaggerated in single, match, in single entries, three maxes, and higher limit. So whatever that number says, go add three to five points for it for the higher entry stuff. So you... Why you want to play, like why I think Sung Jae is going to be so owned. There's nothing this community loves more than a good golfer who is underpriced. 
And if people understood that we were playing a game here, they would understand that anytime you see a good player who's underpriced, like Sung JM, he should be 8,400 and he's what, 7,600. That is terrible pricing. Thanks, DraftKings. But you need to take advantage of it. You need to see that he is way underpriced and just say, well, they screwed up, but it's still golf and shit can go crazy. I'm not going to play him. At the same time, this is what, you know, as they get as excited as they do about cheap players being mispriced, I get excited about players who are overpriced. You want to know somebody who's overpriced this week? I actually got two of them that I think are overpriced by at least 700. And that is Joaquin Neiman and Cam Young. When I see those guys and they're overpriced, they should both probably be about 8,100 based on this field and the players around them, right? Uh, They should be right there in the Max Homer range. And they're overpriced. And when I see that, I get excited because I like Neiman and I like Cam Young. I don't like Cam Young at 8,100, but you overpriced Cam Young? Oh, now I'm in because people, when they're making their lineups, want to get the six best players they can in a lineup. And when you're putting an overpriced Neiman or an overpriced Young in there, it really starts to price you out of getting six players you feel comfortable with. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to put like McKenzie Hughes in your lineup? No one wants to do that. So those overpriced guys almost always come in lower than expected on ownership. And these good players that are way too cheap, Sam Burns, Sung JM, I mean, those guys are way too good for the salary they're at, right? I mean, Sam Burns at at minimum should be 9,000. And he's, what, 8,300? That's ridiculous. And so that is the number one indicator of who's going to be chalky tomorrow. Guys who are good players who are underpriced. That's M, Xander, Burns, Fitz, Finau, Homa, they're all underpriced. Mito, Riley, they're all underpriced. The other guys that are up there, you know, Rory, maybe a little underpriced, but Rory's just going to be up there because Rory has a great U.S. Open history. He's coming off the win. And as you know, guys who are coming off the win always kill it. And Rory is the best call forever. Uh, and you know, Rom's going to be, you know, Rom, I wouldn't even call 15%. I wouldn't call that chalky at all. I think 15% Rom is still very doable, but then I'm seeing Scheffler. I have Scheffler at like probably like 11%. I don't Scheffler at 11%. I don't care if he's in the bad wave. I might have to break my own damn rule. I'm not going to go over these. I wanted to make these 12 for you. I have, I'm very good at these projections. You can take a screenshot of this and tweet at me tomorrow if I'm wrong, but I'm telling you, it's going to be pretty damn accurate. It's going to be pretty damn good. Uh, use that to kind of go off of. And if you are going to play Sung JM, you're just really married to Sung JM. Hear me out on this. At least play times two. So if he's 28.4%, you make sure to get that mother father in 56.8% of your lineups. And you're going to have a real fun time when you're making that many lineups. And basically you're putting Sung Jae in over half of all them. It gets old real quick. So you'll see that like getting leverage on these guys that are highly owned, it kind of gets to be a pain in the ass. You have to be very, very committed to it. So, you know, Rory, you're going to have to put him in over half your lineups to have leverage on him. If you put him in 27% of your lineups and he comes in at 26.2, congratulations, donkey. You're paying the rake. Thank you for keeping DraftKings alive. They appreciate you. And so do all of us guys who, you know, actually win GPPs. Uh, so, that, to me, uh, that those are, the, those, those are the highest owned guys. Now let's go talk about other guys. Let's go talk about some pivots. First of all, I'm a little skewed here because I've already kind of fallen in love with one wave. I've already fallen in love with the AM, PM wave. Am I going to play it harder than I probably should? Yes. Should you play it as hard as I'm going to? Probably not. But you're not like the Degenerate 75 and you don't play as aggressive as me. More ranch water. Hold on. You are not worried about the waves. You don't give a shit about the weather or anything like that, which, by the way, is a very stupid thing to not be worried about. But if that's you or you see it, you're seeing different projections and you think it's going to be even. To me, the most logical question you have to answer, you got Thomas, Rom, and okay, you got Rory, who's going to be the king of the, of the $10,000 guys, without question. I think he'll be 
at least 50% higher than anybody else up there. Thomas and Rom will be right behind him. But in a distant fourth, I got Scheffler. And in a very, very, very distant fifth and sixth, I have Morikawa and Smith. If you are ballsy and you want to win a GPP, you go make some Cam Smith lineups and you go make some Morikawa lineups. Well, Cam Smith's bad off the tee, and I heard you have to be good off the tee here. Who'd you hear that from? From a towel? They don't know. They're projecting. They're projecting. They don't know Cam Smith is a mofo gangster, and he can get up and down from anywhere. And when he's hot, I will take Cam Smith over anybody on earth when he's hot. I truly believe that. You want to go win a GPP? Play Cam Smith. Uh, Am I saying he's a good pick? No, but I'm saying he's legit going to be 6%. Morikawa? Uh, I heard he's hitting a draw instead of a fade. That's the same bullshit we heard before the Open Championship that he won by like 112 shots. So like, don't get caught up in these narratives. Pivot and be comfortable, especially if you're playing 100 or 200 lineups, however many lineups you're playing. If you're playing a big number, be comfortable allocating 15 to 20% of your lineups to Smith, Morikawa, Hovland. At the same time, Xander... And Rory, if you just don't start with those two, like all they have to do is just finish like T15 or worse and you are dancing. They're just not going to be in any optimal lineups if they cost that much money and they're only T15. So like to me, it's just worth the risk. Uh, Other guys that you should really consider some pivots. I hate Dustin Johnson this week. I would never play him. But if you want to win the Millie Maker, I promise you, hear me right now. The Millie Maker will contain either Cam Smith, Morikawa, Hovland, Dustin Johnson, or Brooks Kepka. It will have one of those five guys in it. You heard it here first, okay? Because all of them seem like terrible plays. There's no way you could play that guy. One of those guys is going to smash the shit out of this tournament because they're not going to play by our little nerdy rules of what our models say. They're just going to go out there and play and win because, you know, they're world-class golfers and they can go do that. So I would encourage you to consider all of those guys. If I'm only playing 20 lineups, I highly doubt they're going to get in my player pool of 16 guys. But if I start to get that player pool up to 20 or 22 guys over 50 lineups, you know, maybe I get a little sneaky and put one of them in there. Especially Morikawa, who is on the good side of the wave, assuming I, you know, the wind holds up as I'm expecting. Uh, all right. Shane Lowry. I I feel like people love Shane Lowry, and how can you not? Sugar Shane's the man. I love Shane Lowry. You can see he looks very good in my model. He plays tough course as well. He's a grinder. He does everything. He checks every box I want except one. He's going to be chalky. And by chalky, not ridiculous, 18%. But let me just ask you this. If Shane Lowry's going to be 18%, I told you right here, Patrick Cantlay, just $200 more is going to be 10%, 11%, almost half the ownership of him. You You really think that he's twice as likely like Lowry's twice as likely to outperform Cantlay. Cause if you do, well then you should play Lowry. I don't think so. If you believe that you'll give me two to one, I'll take Cantlay versus a Lowry for a lot of money. If you want to give me two to one, I think Hideki is a really sneaky pivot. I thought Will Zalatoris was going to be a sneaky pivot, but he ain't going to be sneaky. People love his whole narrative about uh, him at majors. He's going to not be sneaky. I already told you Neiman and young they're overpriced. I think you're going to get them at a discount. They play course. They, they drive it well and they play tough course as well. I love that. I Brooks, I I, I kind of want to play him. I kind of want to play him. I kind of do, but like I've been I've been holding on to that Brooks is good at Brooks is good at majors narrative way too long. Uh, this right here, this is the money area right here, eighty five hundred to eighty one hundred. This is the super chalk area. When people start making their lineups, they're quickly gonna realize, oh shit, I don't like this. When I put when I put Rom in there, I end up with some pretty sketchy guys. And so what they're gonna do is a lot of guys, their first guy in is gonna be Rory or Xander. And when you do that, you're gonna end up with two or three of these guys. Homa, Finau, Burns, Berger, and Fitzpatrick are all going to catch a ton of ownership. This is going to be the highest owned area. If you have some super stones, fade all five of them. Do it. Because that's where all the ownership is going to be. If those five guys miss the cut, I guarantee you the, the six to six rate this week will be like 
I only think one of these guys is worth a pivot. And to me, that's Daniel Berger. I have him coming in noticeably lower than those other four guys. Uh, him and Horschel are the obvious pivots right there. I don't love Horschel, but that doesn't mean you should because he is going to come in at like maybe 7 or 8%. And he is coming off a win, and Billy Ho can get hot. If you got some nuts, play Terrell Hatton. But remember this one thing. Don't pivot just for the sake of pivoting. Okay, I'm the king of pivoting. I will not play chalk. But at the same time, I'm not going to pivot to Bryson DeChambeau. I do not like Bryson this week. I would not play Bryson if he were 0.001%. I don't want to play him this week. What I do is I find guys I like that are good pivots. So instead of Shane Lowry, I'm going to play Hideki Matsuyama. I already like Decky. I like Lowry. But one guy is going to be you know, probably two-thirds the ownership of the other guy. I'll play him. That's what a smart pivot is. A pivot isn't just I'm going to play the inferior player just for the sake of ownership. You play guys that you like. If there's two guys you like, you play the one that's lower ownership. That's that's pivoting. Okay, anybody tries to give you a different a different definition doesn't know. Corey Connor seems to be picking up some steam. Very happy fading him. You know, I wanted to play Mito, but he's going to be chalky. The really good pivots down here. Instead of playing Sung J M, go look at Louis Oosthuizen. Go look at Abraham Answer. Go look at Seamus Power. Yes, a lot of those guys are on the bad draw. Like, I get it. If this draw works out, I'm basically saying go look at guys that are on the bad draw. But you make your own freaking assessment of the wind. I'm telling you what I'm looking at. Uh, other guys down here, Davis Riley. Is Davis Riley kind of a smash play? Does he seem like the next up-and-comer? He kind of does. Is he underpriced? Yes. Is that going to make him chalky? Yes. But maybe go look at HV3. Webb Simpson, Sebastian Munoz. I mean, there's just a lot of good guys right there, right around him that are like very, very logical pivots. And you are not going to win the millionaire maker by playing six jockey guys. So you're going to have to make three or four pivots because even if you're like, ooh, instead of, okay, I'll pick six jockey guys, but instead of playing Riley, I'll play HV3 or some, whatever you think the crazy pivot is. You don't want to be sharing five guys with 50,000 other guys and you're playing 1v1 versus all of them. That's not what you want to do. You want to have a bunch of differences, a bunch of quality pivots. So maybe you only share one or two guys with them and you have four guys that can go beat their four guys. That's where you want to be. Justin Rose is going to get chalky. Um, you know, I, I will tell you this, uh, I, I'm so happy to fade Justin Rose chalk coming off that one good around Sunday. I feel like the seven K range, you got to check out Brian Harmon, Alexander Norin, uh, Siwoo Kim and Francesco Molinari. To me, that's where my player pool is probably going to stop. I do have to point out one just to be funny. My dude, Chris Goderup, you know, I got to Goderup. He's 20% owned. I'm going to play this guy that I just heard about two days ago. How many times have you seen a guy who, like, out of nowhere is the mega chalk for no reason, shits the bed, and then comes back out there? And I'll tell you, Godrup did not play as bad as you think he did at the, what was the last tournament where he missed the cut? It was, um, it wasn't that bad. He can, the dude can throw some darts. Could he go contend at the U.S. Open? Maybe. Am I going to play him? You know, $7,100 on FanDuel, pretty hard to pass up. You can make some pretty sexy lineups and you put old Godrup in there. Am I saying play him? No, I don't give a shit who you play. You play who you want, big guy. As I already told you, do not forget to play round one showdown tomorrow and play the morning guys. All right, let's get to it. I got, I got what, 100 and, I had 100, oh, there we go, 184 fucking people in here. You guys are some animals. Let's do a drawing. What do you say? So this is for all of my people. So to get on here, you had to retweet the show Saturday, retweet the preview I put out yesterday, or you left an Apple podcast review. I put three of them on here for you. This is to make, this is for a $100 Sunday showdown entry that me and you will make together and enter, and we will split it 50-50. Let's do this thing because it takes an hour to roll. So this is for that ticket, $100 Sunday showdown single entry, and the winner is... We'll, have, we'll find out in like 30 seconds when it stops rolling. It is 
The f- this guy, no, 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 no. He's already won. He's already won. I'm not doing it. That guy has a shamrock shoved up his ass. He might as well be Rory. Okay, no, sorry, Flash. You're the man. We're making a lineup for tomorrow. You don't get to win twice. Sorry, bro. That is impressive you got that kind of game, bro. That is amazing. Shut up, Tommy. Name's not on there because you didn't do your what you're supposed to. All right. Uh, what is that? DePeach? DePeach and VA? DePeach and VA? There you go. You're the winner. We're making a lineup together. Just real quick, I want to have a backup in case I can't get a hold of this guy. So this is the backup for our Sunday winner. But I got to tell you, I'm having, uh, I'm having an adult beverage. I'm feeling a little saucy tonight. All right, the backup, Chris. All right, there you go. I feel like he's won too. All right, maybe he was the, he's been the backup twice. I feel bad for that guy. Here we go. Because so many people are here and I've had too many adult beverages tonight, I want to make another $100 Millie Maker lineup. So if you want to win it, I'm going to spin it right now. And if I see your name over here in the chat, all you got to do is say, I'm here. We're going to make a $100 Millie Maker lineup tonight and we're going to enter it in the Millionaire Maker tomorrow. Me and you. I'm going to do it right now. You ready? Here we go. So make sure you're paying attention because if your name pops up right here, your ass better, your ass better be right down here in this chat to say you're here. Here we go. Hey, wait, wait, you don't say I'm here. You got to see if your name comes up first. Holy shit, that's my mom. <laughs> she definitely don't win. That's my mom. She probably is here. She loves me. She was my first fan. All right. <laughs> I cannot believe she's in the drawing. My editor didn't know that was my mom. Here we go. Stop saying I'm here, people. I got to see if your name pops up first. All right, here we go. Sorry, mom. <laughs> she's going to be so disappointed. All right. Uh, what is that? Uh, Elise 1629 are you here Ellis Elise 1629 you have 10 seconds five four three wait don't come on Alice type your name if you're here Alice Alice 1629 five four three two nope there we go we're doing it again sorry Alice no that's not my sister I don't I know my sister's not this drawing she, she doesn't support me she doesn't love me all right here you go Chris, you did it. I swear this guy gets strong. Chris, Chris, are you here? Tell me you're here, Chris. Chris, you are such a magic man. I've seen this guy so much. Oh, there we go. There we go. You're in. Chris wins. Chris, I'm going to DM you after this is over. We're making a $100 Millie Maker lineup tonight. This is going to be fun. We're going to throw it in. Me and you are going to split it 50-50. All right, guys. Um, I, uh, we've got, uh, I'll do 15 minutes of Q&A. So get your questions. I hope no one asked. If you asked a good question earlier, now people have typed like 500, I'm here. So go ask your question again, okay? So uh, if you got questions, get in here, ask them real quick. I will answer them to the best of my abilities. You got 15 minutes. We're already at uh, 57 minutes. Big guy's getting tired tonight. So go ahead. Who was that name? Chris Cromine. Okay, I got I to gotta send him a thing. We're going to do a $100 lineup tonight. What about this Fox guy? Yeah, Ryan Fox. That's a great question. Thank you, uh, David Porter. Ryan Fox, he popped at the PGA Championship. And people say, well, that was a long, tough course. And he hits the ball four. And so you have to hit the ball far at this course. I'm not buying it. I'm telling you, I don't really want to play anybody under 6,900. I just, I feel like you can make good rosters without dipping below 6,900. The last guy in my player pool is almost certainly going to be Francesco Malinari. If you want to play Fox and get cute, yes. If you're going to play the $15 Millimaker, somebody like Fox, uh, you know, all these other random ass names I keep hearing, consider those. Not my, not for me, but you got to remember, you got to look at the contest I'm playing. I can get cute elsewhere. Uh, I'm not going to die with Ryan Fox. Scott Stallings. Uh, Scott Stallings was in my first GPP winning lineup ever. So a special place in my heart. No, I'm not playing Scott Stallings. I don't like Scott Stallings at this. He, uh, you know, I looked at everybody in depth and his stats just don't check out for me. 
Do I like Gooch or Louie more? Always Louie at a major. I will always take Louie. Uh, you know, if you get good Louie or bad Louie, we don't know. But I know that if they, if Gooch and Louie both bring their A game, it ain't even close who's better. It ain't even close. So give me Louie over Gooch because just of the upside. And if we're playing GPPs, all we want is upside. What's a good pool size for 80 lineups? Uh, for 80 lineups, I would be at somewhere between 24 to 26 players. No more. I mean, you can go less, but definitely no more than 26. Do you sleep tonight? Uh... Uh, no, I'll sleep when I'm dead, Nick. I ain't got time for sleep. I gotta wait. I gotta wait and check the wind all night like a fucking loser D-Gen. Doug, I gave a review on your podcast thing. Don't think I got in. First of all, Doug, I really appreciate you doing that. And I will go check. I'll uh, send me a DM and I'll have my editor go check. But like, I don't think you could see your name on there. Let's be real. That was a lot of freaking names on there because what do you want? Your boy's blowing up. Your boy's blowing up. I got a lot of support and I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. You guys, it is not lost on me how amazing it is to have 180 people here an hour into this still watching me ramble on. Um, Patrick Rogers. Uh, yeah, I think you can take your Patrick Rogers and, uh, no, I'm not Patrick Rogers. I, I just, I'm, as you saw last week on Ho- Showdown Hoedown, I'm just a Patrick Rogers hater. I'll never play him, especially at a course where I think like you got to be able to chip. Yeah, I'll pass. Patrick Rogers is a loser. But remember, the last guy I called a loser was Rory, and he won, so that doesn't mean shit. Top Canadian player. Uh, are there Canadian players in this? Um, Corey Connors. I, I'll just cheat and say Corey Connors. I don't even like Corey Connors. KH Lee, super low ownership. Nobody will be on KH Lee. And I think, and as we've seen this year, Cage Lee has big time upside. So Cage Lee's the kind of guy I'm playing in uh, if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, especially like in the $5 and stuff like that, where I got to beat a shit ton of people. Cage Lee's the kind of balls you got to have. What type of tequila? It is the Blue Agave Tequila from uh, Jose Cuervo. Oh, you like how I say that? Uh, I, know, I know a lot of Mexicans. I speak really good Spanish. Single entry question. Is it too common to go balanced in the 100-man field tourney? What do we need to be? Hey, I'm really glad you asked that because I think everybody's going to end up, once they start making their lineups, everybody's going to end up going balanced this week. And what do I consider balanced? I consider that basically starting at Xander and lower. I think if they don't start Rory, I think so many people are just going to start their lineups with Xander and then go drop down and get their um, Lowry and then go get their, you know, whoever, who's 85, uh, Fitz, uh, Homa. You can make a really nice lineup when Xander's your first guy in. I, if you want to be different in that single entry, I really encourage you to put one of the top five guys in there. Preferably not Rory, but you know how I roll. Oh, yeah. Who is the one guy I'm definitely playing this week? And who is the one guy I am definitely fading? Thank you, uh, my man, uh, Brett, for helping me remember my own shtick. Seeing I, you know, I've only been at this five weeks. I don't even have all my own shit memorized. The one guy I'm definitely playing that you're never going to get me off of. You know what? Fuck it. Just because just because of this picture right here. The one guy I'm definitely playing this week is Jordan Spieth. He's going to do the Michael Jordan. That's that's Michael Grella right there carrying him off the 18th as he just won his, what, second U.S. Open. What a true champion this man is. And the one guy I'm definitely not playing is Sung J.M. There's just no way. I'm playing some, is Sung J.M. a good play? Probably. But he ain't at 28%, so there's no way. I'll never play 28%. I don't care. I won't. I could be out there. Okay, well, that's a bad example because I would never play me in DFS golf. Some God himself, I'm not playing at 28% week long. Sorry, God. I found your YouTube page last week, and I'm already one of my favorites. Hey, thanks, Ben. Keep up the good work. I like that most of the experts are always trying to mislead us. Hey, I take great pride in not being like the rest of the people in this industry. Uh, there are some really great uh, guys out there that make good content, and then there's uh, that don't know shit, and then there's some guys that are really entertaining. 
uh, well, they're entertained, but they don't know shit. And then there's guys that know a lot of shit and they're boring as fuck. I'm trying to blend those two together. There are a couple out there that are really good, but just no one seems to know probably because they're not as loud as me and hype my shit up. I've been on a couple great shows this week with, uh, some guys that I think do great work. I hope you go check that out. Uh, Webb, I do like Webb. Matter of fact, Webb was like the first guy that really caught my eye, David. I like him. I just hate that he's on that other wave. I don't know if I'm going to play him because I'm telling you, I'm feeling kind of married to this whole wind wave right now. Uh, LIV guy, regardless of ownership, Louie. Just give me Louie. I just love Louie at majors. He still has it. Um, I'm in on some Louie. Uh, 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 Power or Riley? I'd go Power. Uh, well, I, I would go Riley just because he's on the wind that I like. But like all things being equal, if you don't think there's a wind advantage, give me Power just because of the ownership. Uh, already answered about Webb Simpson. DJ 2%. Hatton, 8% single entry. DJ will at least be 6 or 7%. Like, I mean, it won't get that crazy low, but he will be a tremendous leverage play. I've just been saying DJ's a loser for the last 18 months, and I keep being right. I'm not ready to get off that train. I think Hatton is the good pivot. I I, I think Hatton's a great play. Uh, I wish he was on the better side of the web draw, on the uh, weather draw that I'm perceiving, and I would be all in on him. I look, give me give me that good faith, even though he did fuck up my 6 of 6 last year. We still got the ticket, so it didn't matter, right? Favorite play under 7K? Well, that's pretty easy. There's only one guy I like under 7K. That's Francesco Molinari. Uh, Bo Hostler, you know, Dumpy Bo. I love, I play Dumpy Bo all the time at Showdown, but man, I just, Quincy, I just can't get there at week long. That doesn't mean anything. I'm wrong about Dumpy Bo all the time. He can putt. He does have a little grinder, but I think it was his, it was just, he plays terrible on tough courses. If you go look at my model here, I didn't just go look at par four scoring and short game and total scoring and off the, I did it specifically at difficult courses because I don't care how well a guy scores on par fours of the John fucking deer where everybody makes birdies. I want to know how they perform at difficult courses, tough ones where you got to grind out those pars. And so when you look at that, a guy like old dumpy bow, I don't even know what's his salary. Is he like 65, 66? Uh, I don't know what he is, but anyways, he's, uh, he just, he, he's just terrible on tough courses. So I'm not playing him. Um, good, good way to hedge chalk, LOL. No doubt about that. Uh, Fleetwood, yes or no? Well, I was thinking Fleetwood was going to be chalky, but now that I'm seeing he's not going to be chalky, I'm kind of interested in a little Fleetwood. My initial instinct was, yes, I like Fleetwood. Like he checked the boxes for me. Uh, general thoughts on Reed and the LIV guys. Uh, I always like dickhead Reed, especially at a tournament like this when everybody's blowing him off tough, long, hard courses. He might go shoot a 82 the first day, but he might go shoot a 67 and be leading this thing. I'm in on Reed. The whole LIV thing. These guys don't give a shit. They really don't. They're professional golfers. I promise you, Louie is more concerned with how his mattress sleeps tonight than he is about LIV questions. I promise you all that stuff is just, it's not even a distraction to him. It's a distraction to you and I, but not to them. Uh, Cage Lee, first round leader. I could see that for sure, uh, DP. How many core players should I play if I'm doing a 20 max entry? Yeah, so 20 max, I would do 14 to 16 players. And I'm doing, I might just do 20 lineups tonight as well and put them in all those different tournaments. I will be doing between 14 and 16. So I have a very solid answer for that. Uh, When, uh, this is from Doug. When you say if you go in on fits, for instance, double the field leverage, you make one $200 single entry. Okay. Well, if you're just doing one lineup, I guess technically leverage doesn't matter because you're going to be, you're going to be over leverage on everybody. Right. But Doug, if you're doing a $200 lineup and then a handful of $20 lineups and a handful of $15 lineups, as I showed you earlier with that, um, 
with this spreadsheet here, go do it times their volume, right? So a 200, you know, when I put somebody in for 200, I put player two in for 200, that now gives, he is now in 4.4% of my lineups and exposures just because I put him in that one single lineup, even though I'm doing all these different lineups. So you got to kind of know the value of the lineups versus how much of your total exposure you're doing. So if I do $4,500 this week and I put him in one $200 lineup, that alone already puts him in 4.4% of all my lineups. Um... Uh, 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 two must have 15, two must haves for the $15 millionaire maker. Oh, well, the 15, you just want to go punt city. And if I want some super fucking punts, give me Adam Scott. Cause he's a really great player that no one, I have not heard a soul talk about and give me, uh, Terrell Hatton, Terrell Hatton. Yeah. You may, it, the, the, when you, I want you to go look Sunday afternoon, go look at the $15 millionaire maker winner and go look at it. You'd be like, I would never have made that lineup in a million years. It is going to make you cringe. Matter of fact, I've never, I've won a lot of GPPs and finished top five and so many GPPs and every single one of them, I look back and like, Oh, what a cringy lineup because you should never love your lineup. If it's beautiful and perfect and flawless, it's going to be chalky and it's going to be shitty. Just trust me on that one. All right. Te gusto dinero. I don't know what the hell that means. I, well, shit. I said, I spoke Spanish. Now I'm already lying. Fuck. Busted. Uh, 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 guys you're playing that we shouldn't. <laughs> That's a great question, Myron. Guys that you're playing that, uh, guys that I'm playing that you shouldn't. That is a very good question. And I am going to go, the one guy I am playing that I already hate myself for doing is, God, what a great fucking question. I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> Francesco Molinari. I've already said his name seven times. I know I shouldn't play him, but you got to understand I'm a Francesco slut. I am. I am. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, who would you play two 10K guys? Well, you better be playing a big prime uh, player pool, Brian. If you're playing two 10K guys, to me, it's obvious. Uh, weather aside, you would ha- I would have to go Scheffler, and then I would probably go Smith. Because why the fuck not? Thoughts on Smith, Degenerate? Thanks for the content. Man, you know, I really thought Smith would be good, but I went and looked at his stats, and he just doesn't play tough courses that well. Where the hell are you at, Matthew Neesmith? Matthew, wow, I just clicked. Matthew Neesmith. Yeah, see, like, when I look at all these stats, how he does on difficult par fours and difficult holes and difficult short game, he just kind of sucks at everything. You know, I'd rather have him at a, a, a birdie fest. That's where I want my Matthew Neesmith, not at a grinder tournament like this. Favorite Euro named, uh, favorite Euro not named uh, Shane Lowry. Uh, John Rom. John Rom. That's, that's an easy one. I feel like I'm cheating there. Uh, oh, we got our naked HD people back. Thanks, editor. Uh, thoughts on Naw and Herbert? Um, I could get on board with Naw. Uh, I'm playing Brian Harmon. And if you're going to play Brian Harmon, how could you be opposed to Naw? Their games are so similar. They're bulldogs. When Kevin Naw has his mind right and he's willing to grind and not be a whiny little bitch, he can be a badass. So I'm open to him. Herbert, I'm just, you know, I just... I know he flashes and we see like him sticking three foot birdies and he gets on these heaters, but overall he kind of sucks. Nick, do I like Keegan? You know I like Keegan. Don't ask, don't ask silly questions, Nick. You know I like him. Um, is, am I getting concerned that he's coming in at 15% and that's getting a little chalky for a guy at 7,500? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I don't like that. Keegan chalk is always, and I mean always, bad chalk. Mickelson for the win. Uh, Rex, if that happens, I will give you a free $100 ticket into the next Millionaire Maker. You heard it here first, Mr. Rex. Uh, Matt Spaeth, I'm here. 
Hi, Matt. Uh, oh, well, why do you always call him Dumpy Bo? I, you know, I don't know. I just, he, he, he's actually tightened up a lot. He's gotten a lot more fit, but like when I first saw him, he just kind of looked dumpy. He just kind of walked around. It was just kind of a dumpy dude, but now he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, firmed up a little bit. I should probably quit calling him that. Cause I actually like Bo Hostler. Other than the fact he's from Texas. Cause fuck Texas, the, the, the university, not the state of the three chalk guys. Who would you include in your player pool? And how many, uh, play in a single entry lineup of the three chalk guys you would include in a player pool? How many would you, I would never put more than one in one. I, I just, I like to really be different. So if I'm playing the, those three of the 12 chalk guys, well, you know what? I take that back. Fuck it. Play all three of them. Because if you're fading the other nine of 12 chalkiest guys, it doesn't really matter. Just make your lineups as you want and like how they look and don't worry about ownership anymore. If you're fading nine of the top 12 guys, great question, brother. Uh, anybody you like 7k range for Montgomery, man, this Montgomery guy, I keep hearing his name a lot and, uh, no, I'm just not going to get cute down there. If I were playing 150 lineups, even then I wouldn't, I, I went and looked him up. I didn't see anything that's ringing out to me. Maybe somebody knows something when he was 14, he hit an Eagle here. I don't know. I, I, I didn't see shit that impressed me. So I'm out. Um, you know, I just, I feel like a lot of people are always trying to find that diamond in the rough. You want to know the real truth is the guy the diamond in the rough that's probably going to win it for somebody is probably a PGA veteran that we're all just overlooking. You know, Joel Dahman or uh, Stuart Sink or somebody like that is going to be a really good player that just nobody's considering. It's not going to be some slap dick that none of us have never heard of. Uh, subscribe to this dude. Thank you, David. Um, why do you suck at this? Not a long course. Uh, first of all, I, wait, why do I suck at what? I don't know. Do I suck at just suck at this? I don't think I suck. I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh, this is not a long course. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much of your smart ass you're being. So I'm not going to come at you 100, uh, 150 miles an hour. But uh, what is a long course? A long course is, to a noob, which I assume, based on what you're saying, is probably you. Is like, oh, it has to be over 7,400 yards for it to be long. No dumbass. A long course is how it plays. And this has a bunch of force layups. It's very tight. It's very windy. And there's going to be tons of long irons. Not to mention the par fives. There's only two of them. And they play super long. All the par threes play long. It is going to be a long iron fest. Thus, it plays like a long course no matter what the fucking yardage card says. Love you. Thank you for your support. Um, I'm in. Uh, how does Average Joe construct a single lineup? And uh, how do you do? how do you do them? I mean, the Average Joe lineup is going to be... Uh, you know what? That's a fuck. I don't got time for this. It's going to be Rory Xander, uh, Rory Xander, Finau, uh, M, Riley, and whatever's left over, throw a guy in. There you go, Matt. Uh, we got Dahman. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't get there, but I could see he's one of those guys I'm talking about that could, he is a PGA regular that could perform well here. And at his price, he is probably objectively better than all the other guys down there. Kisner early wave thoughts. I don't like Kisner at this course. I feel like Kisner, um, you know, like a little bit goes wrong for him. I just, I don't like him here. Uh, and I just said the course is going to play long, even though on the scorecard it looks short. I'm out. Uh, Kevin, uh, oh, uh, Russ Shaw, thoughts on Wise. Love him. Last night I was doing my real deep dive, and he was the one guy I found that I'm like, okay, it's Wise to play Wise. So I'm in on him. Yeah, I'm liking Naw, but last week's LIV concerns me. Don't, don't get, David, don't get caught up on that LIV shit. That's, that's all just distractions. Uh, Ba, 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 Kisner Woodland man I Woodland yeah I wouldn't hate you Tiger fan if you played Woodland I um I just I keep playing Woodland thinking he's gonna make a comeback he's a he's a top 10 player talent he's gonna come back and just keeps not coming back and I'm I've just been hurt too many times and I can't go back again 
Uh, Thursday a.m. p.m. Uh, this is the wave, correct? Yeah, I would go Thursday a.m. They'll play Friday p.m. That's correct. So all the guys that go off tomorrow morning. So you'll look at noon tomorrow and your lineups are going to be fucking awesome because you're going to all your guys will have played. And you'll be like, I'm the best DFS player. And then you'll just have to watch all the rest of Thursday and all Friday morning as all your lineups just straight moonwalk backwards. It's, it's a little deflating. As a guy who does these wave uh, stacks a lot, trust me. Uh, far Woodland, high risk, high reward kind of guy. David, yes, I agree. Woodland. I don't hate you if you play him. I can't do it. I've been hurt too many times, but that doesn't mean others can't love him. Bramlett or Kitayama, I'm not on board with them. They only, I feel like the USGA more than any other courses make you be strong at all parts of your game. And a lot of these guys are only going to be strong at one or two parts of their game. So I'm out. Uh, hand, hand build or optimizer. If you're doing 150 lineups, do a lineup generator. If you're doing less than 50, make them by hand. It's fun. You can really track your exposure. You can get creative. I really insist on this. All right. Uh, I'm doing three more questions. Thoughts on HV3, Bradley and wise in a GPP. Uh, I'm warm on HV3. Love Bradley. Love wise. There you go. You can't go wrong there. Uh, one more Henley. Yay or nay. Uh, man, Henley just doesn't look good in my model, but if I see that, I think he's going to be under 7% ownership. I'll play him. I don't give a shit. Cause I don't, I don't fall in love with my model. Like everybody else. Like my model is the end all be all of like truth and, and knowledge in the universe. Uh, moving up, moving up, starting to get haters. Hey, thanks Tommy. I, I noticed that too. I used to get 100% likes on all my videos and now all my videos get precisely two dislikes. So I know I have at least two haters out there. I love it. You know, you're moving up in the world when you get your first haters and my first guy talking shit in chat, we are moving right up. I might have to start banning people for life. Um, and yeah, no, I'm a Pat Mayo fan. Uh, 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 where are you projecting Neiman's ownership? I 13, 13%. Great question. Do you want to play golf this weekend? Yeah. As long as it's, uh, not during, uh, the U S open or during my, uh, stream I'm in, uh, tell t- and I beat TJ by the way, at least for a nine. All right. How many rounds do you think are sufficient? I, I mean, depending on what the stat is, if it's something like approach, I do usually 12 rounds. Uh, as you can see, uh, I, like if it's off the tee and stuff, I tend to, or putting, I do longer term. If it's approach and stuff like that, I tend to do shorter term. You can see the little differences here. All right, guys, this is running long. I appreciate you so much for being here. I'm going to be back Friday night for round three, showdown, hoedown. Round four, Saturday night. Hit me up. Go follow me on Twitter. Give this a like. Share it with your friends. Get them to subscribe. I got to get to a thousand. I appreciate you all so much. I cannot believe this many people hung out with me for so long. I hope you kill it this week. I got to hit up my dude, Chris. I'm going to have more winners every week. So just keep every time I put something up that says retweet it, go retweet it. Cause you saw I do the, the things here. And yes, I do pick my mom, but I don't let her win. So, um, you got to stay in there. I appreciate you guys for all of your support. I appreciate you being here. I've got to get uh, my uh, thing up so that I can exit this. Where is OBS? There it is. I'm out. I really appreciate you guys being here. I'll see you. I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoy my outro. Give me some time.